Welcome to the Cinema Men Podcast. I'm your host, John Murphy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Hurdle. Unless you're alone or with somebody. Speak your mind, but ride a fast horse. I'm looking for that cowboy that's all hat and no cattle. You know, it doesn't take a big person to carry a grudge. And I'm a big person. I'm looking for that there yellow, no good, ornery John. Is Henri John here in this here saloon? You talking to me? Big mouth don't make a big man, boy. Tumbleweeds the best left to themselves. A good fence? It should be pig tight, horse high, and bull strong. Of course, most of you folks know that I'm calling him out. Henri John, we're gonna draw at noon. You wanna draw on me, you lily-livered son of a gun? The best sermons are lived, not preached. A lot of one-liners you got there. Yeah, well, life is getting up one more time than you've been knocked down. Hmm. I don't have the one-liners that you have. But I can tell you this. I'm going to draw on you. And you're going to lose. I'm going to win by hook or by crook. Because you, Henri John, are as welcome as a rattlesnake in a square dance. Hmm. I'll see you at noon. Cowboy ain't nothing but a man with guts and a horse. He'd never approach a bull from the front, a horse from the rear, or a fool from any direction, except straight forward at noon. And it's almost noon. I hope you're ready to draw. Hmm. Some of those things you said made a little bit of sense. All I, I know. Oh, you. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. That's Andre okay. John. Let's use our uh, let's use our manners now. I'm nothing if not honorable. Yeah. Well, this is your last t- chance to back out, herd. I'm so fast. I can draw the tail feathers off a duck by- ducks behind at 300 feet. <laughs> yeah. Well, cowboys and men are two different breeds, and cowboys don't take baths. <laughs> <laughs> 
they just dust off. I don't know about you, but I'd rather throw a bull than eat beans with a knife. There's a lot of wonderful places in this world, Andre John. But my favorite place is the back of my horse. <laughs> the clock's approaching 12. Let's get it on. <laughs> All right, we draw at noon. Let's get ready. I'll start pacing now. Hear the cats lamenting in the wind. tree and a white picket fence out front and looky there there's a pretty woman in front of that there house I drew it with charcoal oh yeah well I drew this guy here he's screaming on a bridge and he's got his hands up to his face and he's next to some water in the background good lord Henry John, that's a, that's a damn masterpiece. Yeah. I've, I've been outdrawn. I'm, I'm going to take my easel, get on my horse and ride. You know, a cowboy never says goodbye. It's not in his nature. You can all go to hell. I'm going to Texas. got through that well <clears throat> all i know <laughs> is that we need to make a western <laughs> i'd watch it <clears throat> on tonight's episode we're going to be reviewing the 1995 western the quick and the dead starring sharon stone directed by sam raimi this is a spoiler podcast so if you've never seen this movie and you don't want to be spoiled pause this episode go watch the movie and then come back Stay tuned until the end of the episode where we reveal what our next movie will be so you can follow along with us. If you'd like to get in touch with us or give us your take on a movie, you can email us at feedback at cinemamenpodcast.com or check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemamenpod. If you'd like to support us monetarily and have that means to do so, you can go to anchor.fm slash cinemamenpodcast slash support. We use the money to improve the quality of the podcast so in advance. Thank you very much. Let's get started with our review of The Quick and the Dead. This is my town! If you want to 
you live to see the dawn, it's because I allow it. I decide who lives or who dies. In a town called Redemption, death is a way of life. Some fight for money. Some fight for glory. But one stranger has come here looking for something else. I now declare the quick draw competition open. Anybody can challenge anybody. Sign me up. Sure must want to die young, miss. She can play their game. You want to play poker with me, little lady? Looks like you're having a pretty good time playing with yourself. She can beat their odds. Did you ever kill anyone? Sure. I don't think you have. But there's one thing she can't do. Why are you really here? You're no gunfighter. Forget the past. Daddy! Bring him up! Put him on a chair! Pictures presents Sharon Stone. I'm gonna kill you if I have to ride all the way to hell to do it. Gene Hackman. There's nothing on this earth that frightens me now. Nothing. Leonardo DiCaprio. Hey, In a film by Sam Raimi. The Quick and the Dead. In this town, you're either one. That was a trailer from The Quick and the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, reading the plot synopsis from imdb.com, a female gunfighter returns to a frontier town where a dueling tournament is being held, which she enters in an effort to avenge her father's death. Uh, Matt Hurdle, this was your pick this week. So it was. Oh. Uh, why did you pick this movie? <laughs> why? <laughs> why? <coughs> well, I'll tell you why. Uh, one, we haven't covered a Western in a while, and mm-hmm. I've been in the mood to cover a Western. That was number one. Number okay. two, it's directed by Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. who I usually have a lot of fun with his movies. Um, he's a, a little bit non-conventional, you might say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I enjoy that. And the thought of a Western directed by Sam Raimi very much intrigued me. And yes. then finally, because of the ridiculous cast in this movie, um, you have got Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, Russell Crowe, Leonardo DiCaprio, Lance Hendrickson, Mark Boone Jr., for those of you who know him, Keith David, Gary Sinise. Uh, and many more, but uh, yeah, super stacked cast. Sam Raimi directed Western that I had never seen before, so I could not resist it. Mm-hmm. Okay, all good reasons. <clears throat> um, yeah, so uh, I haven't I hadn't seen this movie either. Uh, you hadn't seen it, or have mm-hmm. you? Okay, nope, this was yep. the first time. So we're new to new to this movie. Uh, I should mention before we get started, just 
I've been starting, I've started doing this in, in our reviews. Uh, I think it's interesting. Um, but Rotten Tomatoes uh, has given this a 58% Rotten Tomatoes score on, by critics and a 53% from audiences. Hmm. Um, it had a budget of $35 million approximately, uh, but it made $47 million at the box office. So, okay, so uh, what the flop? Despite mediocre reviews, it made money at least. Yeah, made some money. Uh, didn't get a sequel, as far as I know. Uh, so, there's that. <clears throat> All right. So, Matt Hurdle, you picked this movie. Sam Raimi directed. You are correct. He's a, uh, I would call him visionary director. Hmm. He's unique in almost everything he does. Visionary might be a bit of a, a stretch for me, but I do agree that he has a very unique style. Uh, and it's one that I tend to enjoy because right. it is it is different, right? You know, <laughs> a Western made by Sam Raimi is going to be different than most Westerns you've seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of the plot of Quick and the Dead? The plot? Well, it's a very simple plot, honestly. Um, you've got a town that is run by a pretty nasty guy. Uh, and it's unclear how he came into power other than he shot the sheriff. <laughs> Did he shoot the deputy? <laughs> I, I don't think he shot the deputy. Okay. And to be fair, he didn't actually shoot the sheriff. Uh, his, his daughter did, um, <clears throat> which is a spoiler. Sorry. But um, yeah, he, he's running this town. And for some reason, he's having a contest of gun duels. Did I say that right? Gun duels. Yeah, it sounded sure. weird in my in my head. Anyway, uh, and so he has this contest, and people show up and register. There's a big prize for the winner. Uh, at first, the rules dictate that if the opponent is off his feet, then you win. You don't have to kill them. Uh, however, that rule changes later in the movie. Um, and all these people sign up to see who's the fastest and who takes the money. Um, one of our main characters, Sharon Stone, is in town. Uh, we find out that she was the daughter of the sheriff that he killed when he took over the town, and she's here for revenge. And then you have Russell Crowe's character, who used to be one of the meanest and best gunfighters in the West. And he... Uh, he gave up. He gave up the life and became like a preacher. But um, Herod, which is Gene Hackman, the big bad guy, sent his boys to burn down his church and kill everybody and drag him over there chained up. Uh, and he's basically forcing him to compete in this contest, mainly because he sees uh, Russell Crowe's character, who is Court, as the only competition that could give him competition. Um, and really, that's it. The rest of it is just gun battles between the, the characters that show up, uh, the characters that I just mentioned, and the that's it, the aftermath of each duel. That's pretty much the entire plot. Um, it's simple, like I said, but it works. Um, this movie is very much on the nose. It's like, hey, we're going to do a Western. There's going to be lots of gun duels. 
I don't know what you call them, showdowns. Um, something. Fights. Yeah, but you know, it's the traditional X paces across from each other. As soon as the clock clicks twelve, you draw. Last one standing is the winner. Uh, that's basically the whole movie. It's just a whole bunch of those. It's kind of like Bloodsport, if Bloodsport was a western, right? You know, you've mm-hmm. got the, the Kumite, the underground fighting ring. It's mm-hmm. the same thing, except it's two, I guess you'd call them outlaws, gunslingers, um, showing off at dawn. And that's mm-hmm. it. So um, I didn't mind it. I honestly would have appreciated a little more exposition and backstory, uh, but that's not really Raimi's style. I get that. Um, However, I I do feel like almost like this movie could have benefited from being a couple of movies instead of just one. Right. I would love to see a movie about Russell Crowe's character, um, him being amazing and then him, you know, getting, scarred or emotionally damaged enough that he goes to the church and hangs up his guns. Right. And then I'd like to see a story on Herod and how he was running, how he knew court, you know, in the past and how he took over the town and maybe actually see the scene where he kills the mom or the dad, the sheriff of uh, Sharon Stone's character, Ellen. (laughs) But um, there's just not enough time in one movie to do all that. I, I understand. Um, as it is, we get a couple of flashbacks, but not not a not a lot. And I feel like the big points would have had a lot more emotional impact if we had some kind of a history there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, though, I mean, it was an OK plot. Like I said, simple, straightforward. The, the plot in this case is more of a tool to just show us a bunch of cool gunfights and interesting characters. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I agree with you pretty much um this is this plot is pretty thin um you pretty much synopsized it uh but uh if i were to do it in a couple of sentence sentences i would say uh western town has a draw contest every so often woman enters contest seeking revenge and takes down the bad guy um that's that's pretty much it the rest is like you said gun duels, gunfights uh, between really interesting characters. And I think that's what this movie mostly is made up of. <coughs> really visually and uh, uh, visually inter- interesting characters uh, that are also cool or have a neat quirk or thing about them. Um, you know, the Lance Henriksen's character, you know, he He's flashy. He's out for glory. He can mm-hmm. do a backflip off a horse and then shoot a card out of someone's hand 300 yards away or something. Um, <clears throat> uh, you've got uh, Scar, who is just this nasty, smelling, dirty guy, but he's super tough and but he's also a good gunfighter. Like those kinds of like interesting characters are what really drives this movie or what drove it for me. Uh, don't forget spotted horse. Yeah. The, uh, the native American <laughs> who can't be killed by a gun. Yep. <clears throat> uh, another cool character. Um, so I would say when it boils down to it, this is really more of a character driven movie, but that's not even right because like you said, there's not a lot of depth to any of these characters except for a couple. 
um, I mean, character. Yeah, and a lot of the depth we get is just through word of mouth. Yeah. You know, like we, we never really get any information about Court and his right. past other than what people say talking about him. Mm-hmm. We kind of get the the driving reason he, he hung up his guns, but we don't get anything more than that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so character driven in the sense that there's, these are cool characters and we're interested in seeing how they do what they do. Um, and there are a lot of characters, a lot of gunfighters, a lot of, uh, there's only like two or three main characters, but there's a lot of ancillary characters that, um, add a lot of flair and entertainment to this movie. Now, see, I would, I would argue with you there a little bit. Okay. Because I feel like this movie had a lot of main characters. Hmm. <clears throat> um, you know, in fact, I had a hard time knowing actually who the main character was. In the trailer, they make it out like Ellen, who is Sharon Stone's character, is the main. But really, she's not. I mean, she's in it. And I guess maybe the story is inclined her direction. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you've got her. She's one of the main characters. You've got Gene Hackman's character, Herod. He's a main character, the the big bad. He's obviously the antagonist, though, in the situation. Mm-hmm. So he's he's the big bad guy. He's He's the villain. But then mm-hmm. you've got Court, who's also one of the main characters. And then you've got Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Kid, who is Gene Hackman's son, or Herod's son. Mm-hmm. He, he gets a lot of storytelling. He's kind of a main character, too. Mm-hmm. Um, even Keith David, for a little bit, uh, who played Sergeant Cantrell, he was a hired gun that was brought in to finally take down Herod in a duel. Mm-hmm. He, you know... He's kind of a flash in the pan, but even him has, he has kind of a, a main story for a little bit. It's, it feels like this is one of those movies where I don't really know who the main character is. I guess, I guess it's Ellen, but Mm -hmm. I mean, she doesn't, to be a main character, she's, she doesn't dominate the screen. You know what I mean? No. And that's not an acting shot. I just mean writing wise. Yeah. No, you're right. She's. You know, any other movie, she would have, it would have been clear. Um, <coughs> and I think it's because this is not to sound sexist, but she, it's a female led movie. Um, and she's a tough female lead, and which I appreciate. Um, but she's also struggling with uh, confidence. Um, and she has trouble uh, basically psyching herself up to do the thing that she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't know if she can do it or not. <clears throat> and so she actually even leaves the movie for a little bit. Um, and we don't see her for a minute. <clears throat> um, and yeah, Gene Hackman is the antagonist, obviously. And um, Court would be the, the third main character, in my opinion. And then I think Leonardo DiCaprio, he elevates his role to be more like a main character, but he... He's definitely a side character, um, but he does have an interesting arc where he's the kid of an outlaw who wants his dad to notice him and recognize him, but he doesn't because he's a evil son of a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he, there's some good stuff there, and he's actually part of one of the more touching moments where he ends up dying. Um, so, yeah, I... I think there's there's a, several main characters that get more plot than others, um, 
and that makes sense because you can't give plot to every that much plot to every single one of these characters, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and a lot of them die anyway. So <laughs> it's uh, it would just be a waste, I think. <clears throat> um, that being said, I think a lot of the characters in this uh, movie are pretty one dimensional. Um, Gene yes. Hackman's character, for sure, he's completely evil. Like even when his son is dying, he tries to reason away why he did, why what he did, what he did was not his fault. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he has no, uh, he has no emotional side. He has no sensitive side. He's just an evil guy. Um, The rest of the cast, other than, other than the lady, um, Leonardo DiCaprio and, uh, Russell Crowe's character court, I would say, is pretty one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All that being said, I thought I had a good time uh, watching the characters. The plot was good enough, like you said, to get things from A to B. Um, so overall, I like this category. I just, it's pretty thin plot, and. Uh, after, if you don't have anything else, we can talk about some plot holes that I've thought about. Yeah, my, I mean, my biggest complaint with the plot really is just it's a character-driven piece, but we don't get that much information about the characters, right? And that's why I was saying I wish we had more movies to go with this one because mm-hmm. I feel like this movie would have so much more punch if we knew and were familiar with you know Court and Herod and Ellen in all these characters, if we knew them going in, which isn't fair to Raimi because it's a one movie thing, but I don't know. I, I, if we could have felt more attached to them, I think it would have gone better. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think the, the goal was to just make a really entertaining Western. And, and you know what? It's fairly successful in that regard. I think. Yeah. It's just don't don't watch this movie looking for any deep anecdotes or, you know, learning opportunities or, yeah. you know, there, there's no, there's nothing deep here. It's just a fun tournament of gunfights with an interesting kind of story running alongside it. Yeah. This isn't the searchers. It's, uh, it's like you said, it's blood sport, but as a Western. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Or Mortal Kombat, any of those tournament type movies, it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. All right, plot holes. Let's hear them. <clears throat> so, one, I don't understand the timeline because Gene Hackman's character takes over this town when uh, I assume uh, maybe twenty years ago. Yeah, that's, that's probably about right. Yeah. Sure. Uh. So I assume in order to take over the town, he would have had to have stayed at the town. Uh, so how did he ever meet Court? Because Court is like 20, 25. He's, he would have been a little kid when he they met. And so the, the, to me, the timelines don't match there. Well, they never tell us Court's age. I think we're supposed to assume he's Gene Hackman's age. Oh, that's, that's completely unbelievable. I, I assumed he was old. <laughs> Like not like not like ancient, but you know, like forties or fifties. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> well, either way, that's unbelievable. Um, 
And then there was another one I tried to think of. This is the same town, right? This is the town that he killed the, or she killed her dad. And Yes. Yes. <clears throat> so that's interesting. So for those of you who haven't seen this and don't plan on watching it, um, we find out that the reason Ellen shows up to enter this tournament is because she wants to kill Herod specifically. And that's because when Herod came into town, he, uh, he took the sheriff, drug him out of his office and strung him up and, um, put his, like put his feet on a chair basically, or was it on a horse? I think it was on a chair. <clears throat> chair. Yeah. And, um, he, you know, he likes to play with him by shooting the legs of the chair <clears throat> and his, his daughter runs out this little girl screaming, you know, no, don't hurt daddy. And he's like, I tell you what, I'll give you a chance to save your, your father. And he hands her the gun. And he's like, if you can shoot the rope, uh, I'll let him go free. And she's, she's never shot a gun before. She doesn't know what she's doing. She does her best. She aims and promptly just puts a bullet right between her dad's eyes shoots his dad while she was trying to save him, mm-hmm. which obviously scarred him uh, or her. She, you know, we don't see her again until she shows up later wanting revenge for what he did. Yeah. Weird, wild scene. <laughs> I do think it was interesting. Um, the, there was a callback to that scene, which I thought was very well done. And that is when court is refusing to fight in the duel. Mm-hmm. and uh, Herod strings him up on a chair and starts shooting the chair legs out. And when the chair finally gives out, Helen or Ellen can't stand to see it. And so she shoots the rope immediately. Yeah. Uh, which was a cool throwback because one, she couldn't stand to see that because it was what he did to her dad. And two, we see how she just effortlessly shot that rope that time. You mm-hmm. can tell how much she's dedicated herself to being ready for this moment. It, it was a really cool scene. Yeah. I liked it too. Cause we see that first <clears throat> and then we see the flashback later. So yeah. then, yeah, it's a kind of a reversal. It was cool. I liked it. Uh, well, I thought I had more plot holes, but I can't, I can't think of any at the moment, but that, that main one was the timeline with, when he took over the town and when he met court and all that just didn't line up because I Russell Crowe in the movie or at the time is probably like 2025. 20, <clears throat> so there's no way they could have met uh, unless they met in the town. <coughs> but uh, all right. How about acting? Sorry, that was my mom, and she had called me twice within five minutes, so I was a little nervous. No worries. Everything good? Yeah, everything's fine. <coughs> All right, acting. Yes. Acting. 
So I, for one, felt like the acting was pretty good, honestly. Um, you know, you have some of the outlandish cartoony characters that are there. Um, however, that's pretty par for the course for Raimi movies. Um, and they were, to be fair, these rough kind of crazy characters that showed up for, uh, you know, try to win money or die in a gunfight. So I don't mind them really. Um, Gene Hackman is, dude's incredible. Um, he's incredible in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. Just absolutely outstanding. Leo is young in this movie, very young. But uh, you can see why he becomes a legend later on in his career, because he's great. Uh, Sharon Stone, outstanding. Uh, Russell Crowe, also outstanding. I, honestly, I don't have any gripes about the acting in this film. Um if I was to pick one gripe, it would be um, the old the guy that the the, the Undertaker who was yeah. the guy from Home Alone. Yep, uh, he was the you know the the guy that he uses the salt to preserve the bodies. He was uh-huh. that guy. Yep, um, and I can't think of his name right now for some reason. Yeah, I don't I don't know his actual name, or I can't think of it. Uh, I, I didn't feel like he was great. Um, he he might be my only complaint. He wasn't bad. It just it wasn't believable, and it could be because um, you know the movie's short, and we just don't have enough character development, right? Yeah. So that might not be fair. <clears throat> so, um, really, you know, I thought the acting was just great all around. A very strong category. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think uh, everyone played their parts and everything made sense within the world that uh, Sam Raimi created. Um, I obviously have favorites. I think, you know, Sharon Stone, the top three, Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, and Russell Crowe were great. Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio was great. Um each one of those characters had a little bit more dimension to them. Well, not Gene Hackman, but he he does wonders with that role. Like he knows he can he he can only be one dimensional, I guess, but he does gives one hundred and ten percent. He's great. Uh, I'm kind of sad because I know he can play a more complex character, and he has many many times before. Um, but he's got some really great lines in, in this. And um, Sharon Stone, again, strong female lead. Uh, that's how you do it. Um, another example of how you tell a story with a, uh, the female lead and make them interesting and um, strong and uh, competent. Uh, Russell Crowe, also great. Um, I wish again, he had more to do, but he, he did good with what he had. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I think everybody did a great job acting wise. Um, I can't even really like the, the undertaker makes sense, but he was really only in the movie for like three or four minutes. Um, it was hard to hard to critique him too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
and the guy, the bartender, um, Commissioner Gordon from Batman, <laughs> uh, 89 Batman, uh, mm-hmm. enjoyed seeing him, but you know, he didn't have a lot to do. So yeah, I think overall I like this category too. All right. Now for the category that I like the most, art direction, cinematography, and visual effects. What do you got? So <clears throat> if there's one way to identify a Raimi movie, it is uh, kind of over-the-top crazy characters, right? Mm-hmm. If there's two ways to identify a Raimi movie, it's over-the-top crazy characters and the cinematography of the movie. Mm-hmm. And this is Raimi to the core. Uh, you've got all kinds of like pan shots and uh, like the signature evil dead kind of low to the ground moving forward shots, usually with boots in them in this case. <laughs> um, but uh, it is just trademark Raimi. Um, if there was a template for Raimi, this is the movie for that template. Mm-hmm. Um and good news, I like it. Um, is it the best artistically? Probably not, but it is unique. And it does give this Western a feel that's not like the others, which is exactly what we were expecting going into it. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of Westerns have crazy characters and, and gunfights and things. But when you see the way that this is shot, it's almost like Sam Raimi signing his name to it. Yep. Um, and so, you know, it's really good. I, I think the acting was better than this category, in my opinion. But I think this is a very strong category also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I think this is my favorite category just because I do love Sam Raimi's movies, uh, specifically the Evil Dead trilogy um, and some of his other things like uh, Spider-Man, of course, and um, Maniac Cop and some of those more obscure ones. But the one thing you can say about Sam Raimi is you can identify his movies just by looking at them. You don't even have to have the sound on. You don't have to know who's in the movie. Just watch for, like you said, the, uh, the camera on a, dolly that's moving along the ground and then kind of moves up or mm-hmm. um, close-up shots of someone changing the ammo in their gun snapshots. <laughs> yeah. He um, loves a montage. Yeah. Um, but there's some other stuff in here that I hadn't ever seen, like um, almost like uh, I can't even describe it in words, but they would do the draws and it would almost be like a, uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't even, uh, like something out of the matrix, like almost a changing of reality effect. Hmm. Um, it was weird. Uh, but it does make this movie unique and it is one of the Westerns that will stand out amongst others in this category because you just don't see it. Like, uh, most Westerns are pretty traditional, uh, as far as their cinematography goes, they're good. Uh, but they're just, uh, they don't take a lot of chances necessarily. <clears throat> and we'll probably never see a movie like another Western like this again. Yeah. Um, that being said, there is 
a lot of crazy stuff going on. And if you don't gel with it, you may not like this movie. Um, that's actually, that's a very, very good point. And I agree with it completely. If you've seen Sam Raimi stuff in the past um, and not dug it, there's a really good chance you're going to feel the same way here. Yeah. Yeah. It, the cinematography almost borders on silliness sometimes. Um, but it's, it's just good. I, I like it personally. It I think it's, yeah. It definitely fits the tone of the movie. Fits the tone. Um, is entertaining. You're not going to get bored. Um, but again, I, I could see where this could be off-putting to some people. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the makeup and costumes and stuff were good, too. Um, there's a little bit of gore. It's not Sam Raimi, Evil Dead gore, obviously. Um, but <laughs> there's a few. There's like a hole in the head and a little bit of blood. Yeah. And a couple of scenes where you can see right through bodies, which isn't really how it would work. <laughs> but you know what? It looks cool, so let's just go with it. Yeah, that, that's what they're going for. Um, costumes again, yeah, good set. The costumes and makeups great. were outstanding. Everybody looks sweaty and dirty, and all of the characters look great and are wearing things that fit what they, sh- you know, you think they would wear. Like, yeah, they did a great job with that. Yeah. So I, I think this movie gets most of its points from this category. Um, it was good. I liked it. Yeah. I also want to add in the sets and some of the special effects were great. <clears throat> um, the town that they were in was amazing. Uh, just outstanding looking. Um, and then also when they blow the town up at the end, some absolutely spectacular explosions. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just cool. And it was almost comedic because like, you know, first one house blows up and it's... <laughs> And then, he, you know, you kind of stand up and recover and just boom, another one. You're like, oh, God. And then you stand up and recover and it's like, boom, oh, it just kept happening over and over. It was pretty great. I, I was getting a kick out of it. Yeah. When you can't use uh, five gallon buckets of blood, use explosions. Mm-hmm. It worked. <laughs> and these were real explosions. You could tell that they were really blowing stuff up. Um, score. Uh, another solid category. Um, the, the score is great. It you know it's your classic kind of rock western music, if that makes sense. Like it's not really rock, but it's not slow country either. You know, like you heard yeah. it when the podcast started up. That was an excerpt of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very fitting. I think it sounds great. Um, good. The score is great. Yeah. This is Alan Silvestri uh, of Back to the Future Predator fame. Um, so you expect it to be pretty pretty good. Um, I think it's it's somewhat traditional. Like it's got acoustic guitar. It's got some whip cracking. It's got um, <laughs> a flute. Trump, yeah, <laughs> trumpet. You know, it's got it's got the stuff that you would expect in a west in a western score. Um, but yeah, some of it's a little more upbeat, um, that opening intro, that's, that's the intro to the movie. Um, pretty good stuff. Uh, there's a few somber songs, uh, around the time that 
Leonardo DiCaprio dies. Uh, but by and large, it's your traditional standoff Western music, <clears throat> uh, which I liked, and that's what I wanted. Um, I didn't necessarily want anything too crazy uh, as far as the score. So I like the category too. Mm. Anything uh, you want to mention before we get to overall thoughts? Um. I'm thinking. I have a, you know I don't I don't really have any extras here other than this is a very <clears throat> this is a very non traditional western mm-hmm. um, you know it, it it's not like any western I've ever seen before and and I feel like the way you said it like this isn't going to appeal to everybody and I think that explains the the kind of average scores it's got on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. it came out in ninety five. Um, if I remember right, there weren't the market was not flooded with westerns in '95. No. Um, in fact, in the '90s in general, there weren't a lot of westerns coming out. They mm-hmm. didn't really get a revival of those until the 2000s. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a little disappointing if you're one of those that look to westerns for kind of a zen, so to speak. You know, like a lot of times westerns have lots of wisdom in them and advice and, and, you know, triumph through strife, which this has, but it's usually handled a lot more in a muted fashion. Mm -hmm. This movie does it. And, uh, so just be ready for that. If you go into this movie, this one is, uh, a little bit more like, you know, a Western on crack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe a Western with like that, 90s 80s violence and style thrown into it kind of i i'm not sure how to explain it but yeah. it's definitely not your average western mm-hmm. um i had a couple of things that i discovered um this is more like behind the scenes movie making kind of stuff but um you know typically you think the director or maybe the casting director or a producer is um shopping a movie around and, and they come up with the cast and the director and stuff. But apparently Sharon Stone was kind of the driving force behind this movie. Um, she actually paid to have Leonardo DiCaprio in the movie. So she paid his salary out of her own money. Um, and she was the one that picked Sam Raimi as the director and picked Russell Crowe to pay, play court. Um, so I didn't know that. I didn't know she was kind of the, the person making this movie happen. I did not know that either. Um, so that, that was interesting. And then, uh, this is, this was Russell Crowe's first American feature length film. He's Australian, I think. Um, and so this was his first American movie, uh, which is also pretty cool. Alrighty. Are we ready for overall thoughts and your star rating? I think so. Okay. <clears throat> this is a tournament movie 
masquerading as a Western. Uh, the only thing Western really about this movie is the setting and the way that they fight. Um, that said, I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, really had a lot of fun with it. Um, the acting is top notch. The settings are great. Um, the cinematography is outstanding. If you're a Sam Raimi guy, if you're a girl, if you like Sam Raimi, you'll probably enjoy that. The music's good. Um, I wish the plot was a little thicker. Um, even if it meant extending the runtime of this movie, um, I would have gladly watched more of this movie to have a little bit more emotional attachment to the characters. Um, the one time where we do get that backstory is when we see Ellen shooting her father accidentally when she's trying to save him. And it's so abrupt and violent that you're just kind of like, what the crap just happened? You know what I mean? It kind of just hits you in the face. Like what? Mm -hmm. um, they really just did that. But um, all in all, this is a great fun movie. Um, it's not an all time great. It doesn't deserve an Academy award or the hall of fame or anything, but it does deserve a watch because like I said, it's fun, uh, enjoyable, and definitely not always the time. You can tell a lot of work went into it. Uh, I'm going to come in probably with an eight on this one. All right. <clears throat> I don't know why I said probably. I'm going to come in <laughs> with an eight on this one. I guess I'm leaving the chance for you to talk me down out of something into another number, but that's where I'm, that's where I'm landing. Well, I mean, it's higher than mine, which is surprising, but, um, so I also thought this was an entertaining movie. Um, it's one of those movies that it will be someone's favorite movie. Uh, not because it's great, but because it, of the vibe and because yeah, of the characters, it's, it's very stylized. In yep. a way. Yeah. Um, and I am hundred percent with that person. If that person exists because, Army of Darkness is one of my favorite movies. It's not a um, Oscar-nominated movie. It's not an award-winning movie necessarily, but it's cool and it's a genre movie and it's uh, got horror elements and it's comedic and so I get it. Uh, but this movie doesn't touch that movie. Um, I do think it's cool. There's cool characters. Um, Cinematography is uniquely Sam Raimi. Um, I love Westerns. Uh, the score is great, but um, the plot's pretty thin. Um, there's not a lot of substance as far as like uh, getting to know the characters or anything. A lot of the characters are one-dimensional. Um, and there was some stuff I was confused by um, that didn't make sense and then I don't know about you maybe I wasn't supposed to but I laughed when she shot her dad um, because it was just it was just so ridiculous <laughs> I couldn't help I it I didn't laugh but I was like holy <laughs> crap I can't believe they just showed that yeah but it was like it was so <coughs> silly uh, I couldn't help uh, but anyway uh, overall I think it's a, a fun movie to watch um, it is entertaining, and if you do like Sam Raimi's style, you will like the movie. And I did like the movie, uh, and I am giving it a 7 out of 10. Hmm. I will <clears> say, I, 
I'm kind of thinking I probably should have gave it a seven. And I was being too generous with it, but I'm not going to change. Can't change your mind. I mean, I definitely can, and I, I probably would, but I, I don't think it's fair for me to change it, so I'm not going to. Uh, I'm for the Spice Awards, and I didn't load the clip, so I'll have to add that in later. The Spice Awards! There we go. <laughs> I'll make a new one. Okay, best actor, most underrated performance, favorite scene, favorite quote, favorite character, the salt award. <laughs> That's salt coming out of a shaker. Hmm. What do you got for best actor? Easy. I didn't even have to think on this one. It's Gene Hackman. Let me make it clear. Want you in that contest? No. <laughs> Think about it. chance yes or no go to hell yeah. he acted the heck out of this movie um, <laughs> was absolutely outstanding uh, completely believable is just this just evil mean dude <coughs> his um, his portrayal of Harriet I thought was just outstanding so uh, there was not even any debate for me. It was Gene Hagman. Yeah, he's he's really good in this. Um, yeah, I probably should have picked him, but I went with uh, Sharon Stone as Ellen slash the lady. Last thing I remember was you puking and passing out behind a saloon, so let's not plan the wedding yet, okay? All right, all right. This thing is so hard, I don't know how you sleep on it. If I don't sleep on it, people steal it. So who are you going to challenge today? Eric. Ooh. Bad idea, bad idea. I'm not the only guy around here who can take him, and I, I sure ain't going to rush to do that. Why not? Um, and probably I picked her because... She had a little more of a backstory, and so I was able to connect with her character a little more. Um, and she does a good job acting in this. Um, again, a strong female character, uh, someone that you can tell she's doing something that she's not sure she can do, but she has to do it because she wants to get, well, revenge on... Uh, Herod for killing her dad or making her kill her dad, whatever, however it goes. Um, I don't even think she cares about saving the town. She just wants him dead. Mm. Uh, and as a result, she will save the town. But, um, which I, that that's also a thing that kind of goes against the Western theme a little bit in that usually you've got the 
uh, stranger riding into town and he ends up either one way or the no- or another uh, helping out the townspeople but usually it's because he wants to not <laughs> uh, not as a result of something else uh, so that was cool but I thought uh, it was neat to see her in this role I didn't realize that she was the main character even when I started watching the movie <clears throat> um, most underrated performance this one was a lot harder <clears throat> like I said all of the acting was good and there are some crazy characters in here um, I wound up giving this to Sharon Stone uh, for her portrayal of Ellen really a lot for the reasons that you described mm-hmm. um, you know I didn't watch a lot of Sharon Stone she was real big in the 90s and I didn't really watch a lot of her movies so I wasn't super familiar with her work and seeing this I can definitely see why she became as famous as she did Mm-hmm. Right. She's um, she's very attractive and her acting chops are outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, she played this character so believably and um, so well that uh, I couldn't not bring her in here. Uh, that said, I did have a uh, honorable mention that okay. I want to mention because I thought this guy also did great. It's one of our kooky characters, and that is uh, Jonathan Gill, who played Spotted Horse. Um, he was the Native American character and he was my favorite of the wacky characters by a long margin. Yeah. Uh, the way he stood up and, you know, was like talking about how bullets can't kill him and he's showing every scar he's got and every time he's been shot. And then even (laughs) when he's in his duel, after he gets shot, he gets back up and you're like, Oh no, (laughs) Uh, I just, I, man, I thought he did a great job playing that character and I loved that character. And so um, I definitely wanted to mention him. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty neat and thought maybe he was a little bit magical, but maybe not because he did die. It took two shots, though. Yeah, two shots. Uh, I went with Keith David as Clay Clay Cantrell. Oh, he was a good character, too. Um. That stone-cold confidence. Well, I wanted to ask you one simple question. Who brought you here to fight me? (laughs) Mr. Harrod. I'm just a gentleman adventurer. Moseying into town for the challenge of a gunfight. I thought Ace Hanlon was the hired gun. I was so sure of it. But he was just a buffoon. You're not. My name's Clay Cantrell. And I'm a shootist. I've killed 17 men. Killing is purely a business proposition for me. Doesn't give me any pleasure. My employer's confidential. Do we have business together today? Yeah. Keith David doesn't get enough uh, love, I don't think. He's uh, kind of, I think he might have been, he might be dead. I don't know. But he kind of uh, morphed into voice roles uh, later on with like video games and animated stuff. 
but he's also a good actor. Keith David, if you're listening, we, we know you're not dead. <laughs> Keith, he's alive. Yeah. Okay. Thank God. Um, but yeah, he is good in this, and uh, I liked his interaction with Herod. Um, he basically is a hired gun that the townspeople have hired to kill Herod. Um, and this results in Herod going off on that uh, speech that he makes after he kills Clay Cantrell, and it's it's a good speech. Uh, but he was good in this. I liked Keith David. Yeah, I can't argue that. He did a great job, too. Favorite scene? This one I struggled with a little bit, which is weird, but there's not a lot of particular scenes that stick out to me as that's my favorite scene in this movie. I mean, that's the simple reason. Um, The one I wound up going with um, originally was the fight between Herod and Kid when they go out and have their gunfight. Mm-hmm. However, um, in the middle of doing this podcast, I've switched it to another one. Okay. <laughs> and that is the scene where Ellen shoots down court from the rope when he's standing on the chair. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a really tense scene. We see just how mean Herod really is. And, um, the throwback that we get later to that's how her dad was going to die until she shot him was a super cool revelation. Um, the way she sits there and then she just can't take it and she shoots him down, even though she doesn't know the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a good scene. It's really well done. And, um, I think, yeah, that's my solid winner now. Yeah. Yeah. As you were describing it earlier, I was like, yep, that's, I forgot about that, uh, parallelism there with that first scene. And then later on with the flashback, but it is good. And it, it makes more sense after you see the flashback, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. Uh, mine was the standoff between Herod and Clay Cantrell. Um, You're changing the rules. Any problem with that? Well, I was planning to kill you anyway. Huh. Gentlemen, the street is yours. I'm confused. All I hear from you, you spineless cowards, is how poor you are. It's a, it's just another standoff. But um, he, Herod, has some fun with Clay Cantrell. He shoots his gun hand at at first. Um, he kind of show showboating a little bit, and then uh, Cantrell tries to shoot him in the back, and he turns around and. 
uh, puts one in his head and you see the hole in his head. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so pretty good uh, visual effect there, a little bit of gore. Um, and then, like I said earlier, that um, prompts Herod to make his speech about, you know, I'm, I'm keeping you safe. I'm, I'm the reason you have everything that you need in this town and you go behind my back and raise money to hire a gun to, to kill me. And <laughs> it, it was a good, a good scene. And I liked it. Favorite character. This is another tough one. Cause there's a lot of fun characters in this movie, but um, at the end of the day, I had to go with court. I was only a kid when I hitched up with Harry. He singled me out because I was a little smarter, a little faster than most. First completely fearless man I've ever met, and he wanted me to be just the same as him. We used to go revenue collecting along the border, just the two of us, like some families go on picnics. We're down in Nogales taking the bank. And we walked out to a street full of federal soldiers. We got shot up so bad. Hmm. <clears throat> um, you know, he, he was relatable to an extent. You know, you wanted, you were cheering for him. He was the guy, you know, he had everything taken from him. He was dragged here. He doesn't want to fight. And, um, I don't know. I felt, I think his story was the most interesting of all of the stories. And uh, if there was going to be another movie, that's the one I would want is one with Cord in it. So yeah, he was my choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't talk a lot about him in, in the episode, but he, um, he's, he's good. And he's forced to you hold a gun again. Uh, although he doesn't really like he, he persists a little bit, but he, um, it's like one moment he's not, and then he's like, okay, I will. And then he, well, it, it's one of those things where he, he says he's not going to shoot, but that, that mechanic is so drilled into his head that even when he says he's not, he can't help it by yeah. reflex. He shoots. Yeah. And he's mad because he's given this up, but, uh, Herod knows that he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. He's right. And that makes him even more angry. Um, so I went with Ace, uh, who was played by Lance Henriksen. Mm. Pick a card, honey. Um, (laughs) he's just such a, a gaudy looking weird guy like he's got real long hair that he kind of 
messes around with, and he's got a big hat, a duster on. He kind of looks like a poker player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's apparently the be- the best gun ever, and he uh, shows off how good he is by jumping off the back of a horse and does a backflip, and then ducks under the horse and shoots a spade right dead center from several hundred yards away. Um, <laughs> but then you find out that he was, he's been lying at least a little bit because he tells a story about how he was at a place and uh, used two guns and gunned down a bunch of guys, but it was actually Herod that did it or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but he was a, a good, interesting looking character at least. And, uh, I liked his character for as little he as he was on screen. <clears throat> okay, favorite quote. I kind of struggled with this one because honestly, <clears throat> for a movie like this, there's not the number of one-liners that one would really expect. Yeah, there's some quotable moments, but you don't get the like. You're it's not like Bruce Campbell quotable moments, you mm-hmm. know, which is weird because it's a Sam Raimi movie. And mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi notoriously worked together. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I wound up going for was one near the end of the movie, which is after the town blows up and Ellen shows back up, supposedly resurrected from the dead because she used India ink to make it look like she was shot. <laughs> and uh, Herod looks at her and is trying to talk her down, saying, you're, you're not fast enough for me. Don't do it. And she's like, today I am. <laughs> and she says it was so much anger in it's just such a great line delivery that uh, that's the one I had to go with. You're not fast enough for me. Today I am. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you're right. There's not, there's not uh, that many quotable one-liners in this one that you would expect. I, I do agree with that. Um, but there is one that the kid says that I liked a lot. Um, (laughs) this is early on in the movie. I think it might be before his first gunfight or maybe after the first one. I don't know. But he says, I'm so damn fast. I can wake up at the crack of dawn, rob two banks, a train and a stagecoach coach shoot the tail feathers off a duck's ass at 300 feet and still be back in bed before you wake up next to me. So damn fast I can wake up at the crack of dawn, rob two banks, a train, and a stagecoach. Shoot the tail feathers off a duck's ass at 300 feet and still be back in bed before you wake up next to me. How you doing? Do we have any more fighters? Just fine. Yeah. Virgil Sparks. I remember that. That was a... He was talking to the lady when they were in the, in the bar. I think this was, was this, yeah, this was the first time he talked to her. Yeah. And then you fast forward and you found out they both got really drunk and slept together that night. <laughs> yeah. That scene was terrible. Wink, wink. <clears throat> uh, anyway, that was my pick. I thought, uh, that's, that's what you want to see in this kind of Western is those, uh, Boasts about how fast you are at with a gun. <clears throat> All right, final category: the Salt Award. So, 
for this one, I, I, I guess what I've got to settle on is the fact that I wanted more story. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just wanted more backstory. I wanted to know more about these characters. I get why it's not there and I don't fault him for it. But man, even if it was just another 30 minutes or an hour of movie to get it, I would, I would gladly take that. Um, the characters are interesting, but there's so many of them and they get killed so fast that you don't have any attachment to them. And as a result, most of the gunfights feel kind of empty. The, uh, you know, the one with the, between Kid and Herod has some weight to it, but that's because it's a father fighting his son, not because we know about the characters, really. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my salt award. I, I want to know more about these people. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you why I didn't give this movie an 8 out of 10. And it's where in the hell is Bruce Campbell? Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, you know what? You might know this, but I, in I, case you don't, <laughs> Bruce was in this movie, mm-hmm. but all the scenes got cut out. Yeah. Yes. So he was doing Briscoe County Jr. in 1993 and 1994, which is around the same time this movie was made. His buddy is Sam Raimi. I know he had a couple of scenes that were deleted. Um, but I don't understand how he wasn't a bigger part of this movie. Like he could have easily been one of the more charismatic, uh, side character gunfighters. Uh, Mm. the only thing I can think of is what I said before, where Sharon Stone was basically producing this movie. And so maybe she didn't think he needed a bigger part even though Sam Raimi was directing, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And this movie would have been much better if he'd been in it. Mm -hmm. I could see him playing court easily. Uh, I don't like that call, but (laughs) I do think that he would have done very well in this film. I would have loved to have seen him in there. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see him maybe as the maybe the bartender that could work well or I don't know. I don't okay. know what I'd see him as, but I think it would be good to put him in there. He could have been any of the gun, the gunfighters. Ace, he could have been Ace, he could have been he could have been his own thing. Like I don't I don't understand. So I'm salty about it, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. The movie was made in nineteen ninety five, so Yeah. <laughs> can't do anything about it. All right. Well, that's going to be our episode for tonight. Um, There is one thing left. Yes, I should have prepared for that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. This is how we get the weird ones. (laughs) When John's not prepared. I just look at my Plex server and close my eyes and whatever I land on. Um. Well, okay. It will be a weird one, probably, but we, I said last week or maybe at the end of season three that, you know, we do a lot of movies that we've seen before. 
but also we do a lot of movies that we haven't seen or maybe we think are important or interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been buying a lot of Criterion movies lately. Oh, no. So. <laughs> no telling what you're about to say, but I almost guarantee you I haven't seen it. Yeah, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to watch the 1973 uh, comedy drama Amar Kord <laughs> directed by. Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say that you're a chord? I'm a chord. I'm a, I'm a chord. It's, oh. It's Italian. Uh, directed by Federico Fellini. <clears throat> so it's an Italian comedy drama, 1973, rated R. I know absolutely, like, literally nothing about this movie other than what you just told me. <laughs> this will be interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to like it. I have no idea. Like, Bicycle Thieves was one I had heard of, and I knew it was a movie that film buffs watched. But this one, I know Fellini is a noted director, but I don't know anything about this movie. I hope it's really funny. We'll see. <laughs> We would love it if you'd subscribe to the Cinema Men podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Head over to cinemamenpodcast.com to check out new and old episodes. We love to hear from listeners, so if you have a suggestion or want to give us your take on a movie, you can email us at feedback at cinemamenpodcast.com or check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemamenpod. Thanks for listening. <laughs>